Amen. Okay, so get your Bibles out. Oh, y'all can do better than that. Get your Bibles out. Go to first, uh, Second Corinthians chapter four this morning. Second Corinthians four. Okay. I've been speaking, talking to you these last few weeks. Hopefully the Holy Ghost has been talking to you. And so much about what's going on. You know, never have I ever seen such a bombardment of uh, in this world of uh, misinformation, wrong information, uh, demonic information, uh, things that just, you know, want to make you mad, want to irritate you, want to do whatever. Uh, it's, it's a bombardment. I've been preaching on this and telling you all that we cannot live our lives by supposition, supposing and conjecture, just basing things not upon the truth. Okay. And so I've preached on those messages. You'll have to go back and look at it. I shared part of what I'm going to share this morning on Wednesday night. You can go listen to that message, but I'm going to come at it a little different angle this morning. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse three says, but even if our gospel is veiled, this is the apostle Paul talking to the church at Corinth. He says, if our gospel is veiled, if the gospel's not being heard, he says, even if our gospel, people aren't receiving it, aren't hearing it, aren't understanding it, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded. That's the little g God, right? Has blinded who do not believe. So in other words, the devil understands this principle. The devil knows what's going on. The devil understands that if he can get your thinking off, if he can get you living in conjecture and supposition, if he can get you living into a, a, a life where you're not basing it upon the truth, you're basing your life upon fear that the devil has conjured up, then you get blinded. So we wonder sometimes, how can somebody do that? How can they not see that's wrong? Because they're blinded. They can't see it. How many times? The wife has said, it's right in there in the fridge on the second shelf. And you walk in there, it's not. It's not there. And then she walks in and slides something over a little bit. And there it is. You didn't see it. You're blinded. Men, we have tunnel vision. We're blinded. I can't ever see anything. All right, I'll admit it. And now it's gotten to be a joke. I just stand around and look and say, I got to look around more, but I don't know where to look. It's got to be here somewhere. And so, so the, you know, but the devil uses this against us. He wants you blinded. Listen to me. The devil doesn't want you serving God. The devil don't want, doesn't want you reading your Bible. He doesn't want you on fire for God. He doesn't want you coming to church. He doesn't want you listening to gospel music. He doesn't want you having friends that are godly. He doesn't want that because he wants to keep you blind. You know what blind people do? Blind people walk down the broad path that leads to destruction. And folks, we got a world of people that are walking down the broad road to destruction. They're making decisions that are so wrong, decisions that are obvious to all of us. You don't want to do that. And they're doing it and saying, this is going to be successful. And you're like, no, it's not. Well, they're blind because the devil blinds them. Well, you've got to understand this is the battle that you're in. It's always there. You don't get to this place where you arrive at this great Christian glory hallelujah place that it doesn't happen no it's always coming at you it's always coming at you that's what he wants to do and Paul says this is what's going to happen but look what he says they don't believe least the light of the glory the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ whose image and God should shine on them so what he's trying to do is keep the glory everybody say the glory, glory. off you 
you hear what I'm saying? He's saying, if I keep you over here in this destruction, if I keep you over here listening to me say, you're not worthy, you're no good, you're not going to make it, you're not this, you're not that, you can't do that, no, you don't do that, you ought to go do this, you'll be happier over there, you need to quit church, don't waste your time here. If he can get you in all those thoughts, then the glory doesn't come on you. But I don't know about y'all, but I want the glory. Y'all want the glory? I want the glory, man. I want the glory. I don't want the, I don't, I don't need to sit in a pity party. I don't need to sit down and feel sorry for myself. It never has done anything for me except make me grow wide. Yeah. <laughs> Scriptures, Paul, Jesus said, you know, it's, it's, you know, if you worry, you're not going to add any stature to your height, but worrying has made me grow wide. Okay? So, this is, this is, this is what's taking place. You got to get this. You got to get in the game. You got to understand we're not just little Christians sitting here saying, okay, everything's okay. I'm going to go to heaven. It's all right. And we're just going to live and, and Jesus come back and get us. I'm telling you, the great delusion, the great deception on the world today coming in here, Christians, the Bible says there's going to be a lot that even the very, if it wasn't for Christ coming, the very elect might get, well, the very elect would be lost. And I'm telling you as Christians, we got to be sharp today. We got to be on track today. We got to be walking in the things of God today. We don't want to just be dull. I believe there's a lot of Christians sitting around in church, going to church, just because they think it's good to go to church, but their hearts aren't, they're not saved. They're not really Christians. And I believe they're going to be lost. And I hate that. I can't stand that. All right. Okay. But God knew what he was doing. Everybody say God knows what he's doing. Look at the person beside you and say, God knows what he's doing. Listen, ain't nothing that's just happening by chance and just kind of kind of just falling around. And God said, oh, I, oh, I didn't think that was going to happen. We need to do something about that. None of that's happening. OK, God knows what he's doing. So Ezekiel 36, 27. It's one of these scriptures you always need to have written on your fridge. OK, Ezekiel 36, 27 is a promise of God. It's what God's heart was. God said, I want to put my spirit in you. Think of that. The almighty, awesome God, the creator of the heavens and the earth and all therein, says, I want to live in you. Woo! Y'all don't seem too excited about that. I'm more excited than you are. Folks, you got to understand this. See, Part of what makes me who I am is that I know I was headed to hell. I know I didn't stand a chance. I know I wasn't going to make it. And I'm so glad today to know that Jesus loved me so much that, I could, I, that he would take me into the kingdom, that he would forgive me of my sins, that he'd wash me in his blood, that he'd make me whole, that he would give me my beautiful family and have, have my grandkids around me and that I, 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 I get to live and talk to him that he wants to drink coffee with me in the mornings. I'm so excited about that. That's I, the, from the day I got saved. I'm still so excited about it that the word's alive, that I can read it. And he talks to me. I mean, I've got everything I need. But the old devil, he always wants to come in and try to steal it from me. He wants to try to steal my time. He wants to try to bring, wants me to conjure up images of things and this, that, and the other, and steal my valuable time that I have of sitting with the father and having conversation. But it's good to know that the heart of the father is he said, I always want to put my spirit within you. 
I want to cause you to walk in my statue. No words. God wanted to make a way, folks, that we could, if we tapped in to what he wanted in his spirit on the inside of us, we could walk with him in such a way that would keep us on the right path. Amen. All right. Now go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. He says, but we have this treasure. This is Apostle Paul talking again, the church at Corinth. He says, we have this treasure. What treasure? He says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Paul says, we're hard pressed on every side. Yeah, we ain't crushed. We're perplexed, but ah, we ain't despair. Persecuted, ah, we're not forsaken. We're struck down. Ah, but they ain't going to destroy us. We're always caring about the body of the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus may also be manifest in our bodies. Now, wait a minute. He's talking about this glory we have, the glory being the spirit of God on the inside of us. But how many Christians are walking around and they don't know, you know, come here from Sikkim about anything? Are y'all with me? They don't know nothing. They don't know their Bible. They don't know what the truth is. They don't know what God really wants. They don't know what the heart of the Father is. They're not spending any time in worship. They're not spending any time saying, hey, we just don't like that kind of music. Well, it isn't about the kind of music. It's about worship. See, people always think you go to a worship service for yourself, but really you're there to minister to the Lord. That's what you're supposed to be doing. When we gather in here on Sunday and we're singing, you're not singing for your own health. You're not singing for your own likes and this. Oh, I like the beat of that one. Yeah, I like that one. No, no, no. It's about you ministering to the Lord. You're taking those words and you're saying, I love you. Lord, when you walk into this room, everything changes. That's what you're doing. You're singing to him. You're ministering to him. That's what you become. Ministers of worship. Hello? But so much of the church is just sitting around dead on their hands. They ain't doing nothing. Amen. They're down there working, building, helping this man restore his house. What are they doing? They're ministering to the Lord because the Lord's using their hands and their feet and their, their sweat and their, their brow and y'all's money and all put together and there, bringing about so that this man can be blessed. Amen. Folks, this is all about ministry. This is about having the spirit of the living God on the inside of us so that we can minister and we can be ministers into the world. It's about having this glory down on the inside of us. So what are we going to do? Sit around and let the devil talk us out of it? We're going to let our government enact laws and stuff and tell us that we can or can't do this? I mean, it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life that they think they can shut church down. You can't stop the spirit of a living God. You know? There's a pastor in, in, in uh, Canada who's been arrested because his church refuses to stop having church. And so they said, well, we can't go to the building. So they met in his front yard. And the church members just met in his front yard and he's been arrested. And he's doing 30 days in prison because he will not sign and say he won't have church again because he said, I can't do anything about it. The church just shows up in my yard. And my point is, is that these people think you can stop the spirit of the living God. Listen to me, folks. It's not. 
I've told you this whole time, it's about good and evil, it's about God and the devil, and it's about God's gonna win because he already read the back of the book, we already know what happens, but we're going through some rough times, we're going through a rough patch, but we gotta understand how to fight. We've gotta understand who we are, we're spiritual beings. We live in this earth suit that's decaying and being gravity's taking over and pushing us down in this earth suit, but that's not who I am. The spirit of God on the inside of me who's touched my spirit. That's who we are. We got to live by the spirit. We got to live by the things of God. We've got to quit sitting here thinking we're the church is just a mealy mouth, bunch of little Christians, a little country people ain't got no sense. You know, just people clinging to their guns and their Bibles and stuff, you know. I mean, we got to get out of that mentality and say, no, no, we are the church of the living God. The spirit of the living God dwells on the inside of us. This is who we are. Amen. You're not going down, you're going up. You ain't going to get defeated. You can't defeat the spirit of God. But you got to, in order to walk in it, you got to stir yourself up. You got to understand what it really means to walk in the spirit, what it really means to be a Christian, what it really means to just walk like we were called to walk. Okay, go to Colossians chapter 1, verse 24. 124. He says, now I rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me to fulfill the word of God, the mystery which has been hidden from the ages, from the generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them God will to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He said the riches of the glory, the riches of the glory is, it's Christ in you. Folks, listen to me. You gotta hear me, you gotta hear me this morning. You gotta, I mean, I just feel so, I feel so, so just urgent that I just like, I just wanna shake somebody and say, what are you talking about, you know? Because the world's out there right now and all that the media is trying to push and all the media is trying to do and all the headlines and all this stuff is all about like these bad things and this and that and the other and, you know, and, 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 and it's just fear and it's just, it's bullying and it's, you know, it's, it's just ridiculousness in times. And, and you're looking at all this and this is what they're pushing out there and I'm thinking, my gosh, what is the world thinking about today? How many people are walking about thinking, Lord, I just want you to be formed on the inside of me. The riches of the glory is God that you're on the inside of me. How many people are walking around thinking like that? Why is the church becoming irrelevant to so many people? Because they don't, they're not walking in the glory of God. They're not walking in the power and the presence of God. Amen. Yet you go back and you see that all through time, there's been periods of revival, periods where the church, people get excited and get to walk in and then goes down, up, goes down, up, goes down. When it's been a shock to me, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm still like in shock that I've gotten old. And the old, you people that are older than I am saying, oh, you're not that old, but I want to tell you something. You got to remember, I've, I've pastored this church for 28 years. I've been here ever since the church got started. When Christy's up here talking just a minute ago about, you know, the young people getting here, that's right, because all of us used to be young who were doing it. And we were doing all the jobs because we were the young people. 
And we just kept going. And all of a sudden, now we're saying, I'm tired. My foot hurts, you know. Got stiff in my leg. Can't move. Something's not right. Here, let me roll this table around here. Yeah, I'm okay. And then the young people come up, and the reason why they haven't done anything, I believe, is because we old people hadn't gotten out of the way. Do you know that the Levites, do you know that the Levites had to retire at 50? They could no longer minister in the church. They had to retire at 50. So I was asking the Lord about that one day. I said, Lord, I'm kind of offended reading that. I mean, you're telling me I ain't no good after 50? But they said, no, no, we've got to get them out. We'll put them over here. Y'all just stay over there and pray. So what's happening, though, but we all came in here, and this church was started out of revival. Listen to me. This church was started out of a move of God and a hunger for God and the things of God. And then we all got hungry. We all got excited. We all went down the road, and we all got going, and we all started learning the things of God. And then somewhere along the dad gun way, we got old. <laughs> and it's time for that revival to come in the young people. It's time for that, that move of the Spirit of God to begin to rise up in other young people and to fill the church up with them because the bottom line is you're old. Sorry. I may not be as young as I used to be, but the glory of God is still in me. Amen. Hear what I'm saying? The glory is still in me. It didn't left. Jesus didn't leave me. The glory is still there. Hallelujah. I'm a stronger prayer, prayer person now than I ever was a physical strong person. Yes, Lord. I know what I'm talking to God. I know he's going to hear my prayers. I know what God's going to do and what God's moving in. I can see it better than I could then. But I just want you to understand something. It's, it's called glory. What's in you? Glory. And we're going to let the devil talk us out of it? We're going to let, let the devil tell us that we're not going to make it? We're going to get into fear? How, what are we going to do, folks? Because, you know, now they're talking about new COVID strain coming. All right? New COVID strain. It's worse than the other. Okay? But I thought the Bible tells me that a thousand is going to fall at my side and 10,000 my right hand, but it ain't coming on me. Well, that's only in the scriptures, brother. You know, you don't. No, we're either going to walk in the glory or not. We're either going to be Christians or we're not. Man, the early church. You look at the early church and then you look at us, man. We're like, we're not even infants. Are y'all with me? It's time for us to literally, man, step up to the plate and start swinging. You know, you're never going to hit a home run if you don't swing. You've got to swing. All right? So go to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. Now, I want to show you this. John chapter 4. It's the story of the woman at the well. And uh, I just want to show you some of the things. Let's just read through this for a minute. Go, look, start at uh, verse 5. So he says, he came to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near a plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. About the sixth hour, the woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For the disciples had gone to the city to buy food. And the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus answered and said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would be giving you living water. Okay, so the woman says to her, to Jesus, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where are you going to get this living water? In other words, she was thinking totally, completely naturally minded. 
not spiritually minded. Jesus is talking about living waters. He's talking about the glory of God. He's talking about the spirit of God living in you. And she's thinking about a bucket to drop down a hole. I mean, they're this far apart, right? But how many Christians are only thinking naturally? Now, there's nothing wrong because you are a spirit who has got a soul that lives in a body. There's nothing wrong with building your intellect and grabbing knowledge. And, 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 you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But listen, folks, you can't live in the natural or by natural way of thinking. You have got to get into the spiritual way of thinking. You're never going to walk in the spirit. At least you begin to think in the spirit. Hear what I'm saying to you. You're not going to. I'm going to give you a message if I can get through with this thing and get off my soapbox here and get down to the points. I've got five points that tell you exactly how to walk in the spirit. You say, I don't know. I don't know, brother. I don't know if I can do that. If you can't do this, man, you're on the broad road headed to destruction. Okay. But this woman was thinking totally natural. Jesus is talking about living water. She's thinking about a bucket and the hole. Nicodemus, John chapter 3, that came to Jesus by night. Jesus said, you must be born again. And, and, and he's like, what am I going to do? I can't crawl back up in my mother's womb. He's thinking totally natural while Jesus is trying to talk about something spiritual. Y'all with me? Okay, I want to get off this and I'll get back. Go read John 4 if you want to see all that. So many times a woman's thinking natural until she finally gets it. Woo! So... John 7, 37, Jesus stood up and said, on the last day, anyone who believes in me, he'll never thirst again, and out of him will flow rivers of living water. All through the scriptures, it's talking of the Spirit of God living in you, rivers of living waters, uh, rivers of life, all these things, fountains that can never quit flowing, coming out of you. Yet we're going to let the devil, through thoughts, take us down to where we're not effective. You hearing what I'm saying? Church, we're all guilty of this. We've all allowed the devil to come in and we've lived our life by conjecture and supposition rather than sending him and saying, who are you talking to? I am a child of the living God. You shut up. I am not going to take lip like that from you. If I can't beat you, Michael will. Gabriel and the rest of the angels of heaven will whoop on you till you ain't never heard such whooping. You see what I'm saying, folks? We're not fighting back. We're just kind of all going along with it. That's what I'm so scared of about America. We slapped on a mask. And listen, I don't want to get into the fall. I don't, 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 don't send me nothing about arguing about me at this. We were just ready to slap on a mask and walk like sheep to the slaughter. And if, we're go, if they're going to be able to do that, then where are the Christians standing up and saying, no, no, devil, I'm not doing this. We're the Christians rising up and, and in prayer. I say, no, we'll pray this down. And then the Christians that are praying, they're only praying about themselves. Oh, God, deliver me from this. The church is not praying as a whole about what's out there because everybody's too busy praying about what they need God to do for them. Too busy putting on our grocery list, trying to get God to do what we want him to do, rather than sending him and saying, no, Lord, this is a free America. This is a country that's the land of the free and the home of the brave, and 
Lord, I, I just declare a rise, O God, in our midst and let our enemies be scattered. I mean, folks, listen to me. I am no great economist. My wife handles our finances. I just get some money. She don't give me an allowance. I just get some every now and then and do what I want to. And just, you know. But she handles all that. I don't know. I don't know how all that stuff works. I don't mess with it. I don't care. Don't want to know. I am no great person about governments and all. But when, when you, take a, you take a country like Iran, who just elects by a fraudulent election, they probably had the Dominion software that they counted all their votes with too, that, that elected a man whose nickname is the Hangman to be their president because he has literally hung thousands of Iranian people who came against the Ayatollah and whatever was going on, hung thousands. His nickname is the Hangman. And they put him in as president, okay, of the country. And now we want to go negotiate with them. And they think this is good. What I'm saying is, I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't even have under, the understanding of everything, and I'm looking at it saying, are y'all stupid or what? Ain't no way that's going to work out. That guy is the hangman. He hangs people. He is a murderer. He's got a spirit of murder in him. And you're going to go sit there and think that you're such a smart, liberal American, that you are so want green friendly and everything to be nice, that you're going to go sit down and your snowflake ideas are going to let the hangman not get to take advantage of you? You are going to be eaten alive. It's like, a, it's like going with a pork chop on your face into a lion's den. There ain't no way you're going to come out good. And I got enough sense to see that, but they can't see. You know why? Because they're blind. Why are they blind? Because they're not listening to the spirit of God. But you're not like that, folks. Why are we Christians walking with a pork chop on our face into the lion's den rather than not standing up and saying, what are you talking about? The one, the God that created the heavens and the earth and all that are in lives on the inside of me. The devil, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Why aren't you rising up in the morning and getting your Bibles out, throwing it down and knowing that all of heaven is listening to you and that you're, you're man, you're creating and building and setting futures for your family and your children and your life and your, your government and your everything. Well, we're not because we've been living by conjecture and supposition. We've been listening to the devil tell us, you know, we're not any good. You're not worthy. Nobody likes you. Man, heaven likes me. I got a heavenly father loves me. I mean, I got a brother. Jesus gets excited every time I show up. Are y'all with me? He said, oh, you're so arrogant. No, I'm not. I'm biblical. I walk in the spirit, not the flesh. Galatians 4.19, he says, my little children for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. This is what it is. Christ being formed in us. Okay. Now, let me just jump into this. The first thing you got to do, if you want to walk by the Spirit, if you want to walk like I'm talking about, if you want to live and really be a Christian, this is the first thing you got to do. John chapter 3, verse 3. John 3, 3 says, Jesus answered and said, he's talking to Nicodemus, this guy's come to him by night. He says, I say, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. 
Now, as you old Christians, you've been around this for every. Oh, yes, we understand that point. But just hear me. Hear me. The word born means to be. It means to be born or to be begotten. To have brought forth. And the word again means from above or from a higher place. Things that came from heaven or from the first or from the beginning or from the very, very first. Over again. That's what the word means. So to be born again literally means when you put the two words together, what literally Jesus was saying, he says, you have to be begotten from a higher place, like at the beginning, at the first. Who was the first? Way back in the garden. Adam. You got to be born again. See, I believe there's a lot of Christians go to church and they're go, they're, they're, they call themselves Christians and they call themselves members of church and they, 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 they attend service. But I'm not sure they're born again. Because in order to be born again, you have to be born from a high, on high, and you have to then, it has to come a new beginning in you, and you have to be literally birthed from a higher place. And then he said, if you're not born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. And if you look up the word see, it does, does mean to see with your eyes, but it also means to see with your mind and perceive. So in other words, if you're not begotten from above, from a higher plane, you're not going to be able to perceive even what the kingdom of God is. So why do people get blinded by the devil and they can't see? Because they're not born again. Because if you're born again, you have the ability to see. Everybody say, I can see. If you're born again, you have the ability to perceive that the, the things of the, of, are of God are not. Hear me. It's not your intellect. It's not your soul. It's not your flesh. Amen. It's by the spirits in your spirit. You know what's right and what's wrong. Yes, Lord. And you have that ability because you've been born again. Amen. You've been begotten from above. Yes, you can Lord. perceive the things of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. So you, you can't manipulate it. You can't. In other words, you can't make it happen. It comes from above. Boom! In you. And then you can. Just hear me out now. Don't, 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 don't take any message you've ever heard on salvation. Just, just take it lightly. Just, just, just listen to me. Listen to me. God didn't want to make it hard. He wanted to make it simple. He wanted to live inside of you. Amen. He wanted to be there with you. Yes. Always. Yes, so he didn't make it hard. So Romans chapter 12 verse 3 says he's going to give every man a measure of faith. So there's not a person in the world that doesn't have the ability to believe Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of the world. Nobody. Everyone is, I mean, no one has an excuse. Everyone has the power, the ability on the inside of them to believe or to have faith. If somebody says, oh, I don't believe it, well, then that was still a choice. They chose not to believe but they have an ability to believe. All right. The second thing is, is Romans chapter 10. Verse six, he says, but the righteousness of faith speaks this way. Do not say in your heart who will ascend to heaven or that is to bring Christ down from above or who will descend from the abyss. that is to bring Christ up from the dead. 
But what does it say? The word is near. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. The word, it's the word of faith, which we preach that if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So he says, it's, I'm not making it hard for you. I'm giving you the ability to believe the power, the ability to have faith on the inside of you. And then it's not so far off that you can't just say, Jesus, I want you in my life. Person gets born again. Person is, is you can't be born again with your intellect. You can't be born again in your head. You can't be born again with just your thoughts. You can't be born again and from a, born from above with the ability to perceive the things of God and walk in the spirit by just your mind because you think it's a good thing to do. Well, they're nice over at that church. Let's just go be a member over there. No, you must be born again. Changed. A perception that comes from the kingdom of God from above, the ability to see what's right and what's wrong. And it comes from being born again. It comes from looking on the inside of you and saying that you know that you know that you know that you know that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. How do you know it? I don't know. It's right down here. I just know it. Did you get a mark? You get an insignia? You got letter fell down from heaven? You got anything like that? No, I don't have anything like that. I just know down here in, that, in, the, in, my, in my spirit man. In the real man on the inside of me, the real Robert Richards on the inside of me. Not out of my head, not out of my thinking. Because if you get in your head and you're thinking you're not walking in the spirit, you're walking in your head and you're thinking. Christians, we got to learn how to walk in the spirit. We got to learn how to walk in the things of God. We got to learn how to walk in the glory and the power and learn and know what is walking in the spirit. Certain people over there, there's a certain type of people think, you know, you're not walking in the spirit unless you're. You know, speaking in tongues or having visions or dreams of revelation or groaning in ancestry, intercessory prayer or, or you know, they put everything over in this category and say, oh, well, that's walking in the spirit. But actually, that's not walking in the spirit. That's manifesting in the gifts. Walking in the spirit is what we're supposed to be doing every day. Oh, walking in the spirit means you're not listening to the devil and his conjecture and supposition and you're letting the living word of God flow out of you every day. That's walking in the spirit. The other's walking in the gifts or manifesting uh, in, in, in the spirit in the gifts or something. It's not, the, it's not walking in the spirit. Walking in the spirit's what you do every day. Walking in the spirit's when you raise up in the, rise up in the morning and you say, oh, man, why does my back hurt? I don't know why my back hurts. I hurt my back hurts. What did I do yesterday? And so, you know, if you're a certain age, you complain about it for a little bit. You talk about it. You talk about how bad it is. You complain about getting older. You complain about why did your back hurt when I didn't really do anything. And you go through this and then finally you stop and you say, oh, shut up. I just declare my body's got to function total perfection. God, you created to function. I declare that, man, spirit of the living God lives on the inside of me, and I'm going to walk in faith, and I'm going to walk out this day, and I'm going to go out and exercise. I'm going to do what God called me to do. I'm going to eat right. You see, that's walking in the spirit. Walking in the spirit is like, oh, got a revelation from heaven. No, walking in the spirit is what you're doing every day. It's every time you defeat the devil. So the second thing is, first thing is you got to be born again. If you're out there watching today and you're not sure you're born again, you're not sure if you died, you'd go to heaven. Well, then you need to stop right now and you need to ask Jesus Christ to come into your life. If you're in here today and you don't know that for sure, you don't need to leave this building until you make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. Okay, the second thing is, I'm never going to make the five. Oh, my gosh. The second one is, okay, John 16. Well, I said John 16. Go to John 14 first. John 14, 15. 
The second one is, is that you have got to understand that Jesus said, I don't want you left here as orphans. He said, I, I, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments and I'll pray the father and he'll give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth in whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I'll come to you. The second thing is, he said, Man, I don't I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to just send you down here as a bunch of babies fighting a lion with a pork chop on your face, trying to get, keep from getting eaten and trying to figure it out. I'm going to give you a helper. I don't want you to be uh, all alone. I'm going to give you a helper, the Holy Spirit that's going to come in there. So the second thing is once a person is born again, they've got to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Amen. And for so long, Christians and different Christians have all run from the Holy Spirit. Oh, don't do that. It's going to be all scary. It's going to be, you know, it's something God's going to, he's going to do something. He's going to grab your tongue, force, force, force tongues out of your mouth. You're going to look foolish. Oh my God, what happens to this? That stuff makes me scared. Some of it makes me scared too. But I want to tell you something. You're not going to make it unless you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit because it's the Holy Spirit that comes to you. He's the one that speaks to you. He's the one that teaches you. He's the one that talks to you. He's the one that says, don't do that. He's the one that inspires you about the scripture. He's the one that comes in here and, and, and pricks you about who you need to be praying for. He's the one that tells you the scripture you need to be, who, who to be praying what over what. He's the one that lives with you every day as you're walking and saying, man, Lord, I don't really know what to do this day. I'm just going to trust you. you're going to order my steps to prepare my way, make all my crooked paths straight. I want to walk today in the spirit. I don't want to walk in the flesh. So help me, Holy Ghost, show me. And then you just start ending up in the right place. He's the one nudging you in the right place. He's the one getting you down the road. Amen. You've got to stop. And what I'm trying to get you to understand here, church, is, yes, we are a Pentecostal church in the sense of, I believe in the fullness of the Bible. I believe the Bible's all true. We're a church that can speak in tongues. We're a church that lays hands on the sick and believes for recovery. We're a church that believes in operation of the gifts and miracles and signs and wonders, okay? But walking in the Spirit starts with defeating the devil in your thoughts and then walking every day according to what the Word of God says. That's truly walking in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit is every time you defeated the thought that came to you that was not of God, you walked in the spirit. Let's get it to where it really needs to be so we can start building from there. The devil comes to you all the time, says, you're not, oh, you're not a spiritual person. Well, then that means that you're of the devil. I said it. If you believe, well, I'm not a spiritual person. Oh, well, maybe you're not a person given over to the gifts and you're not going to walk in that. But that doesn't mean that you cannot walk in the spirit because walk in the spirit is simply Taking the living word of God, which is my next point, taking the living word of God and having it in your life, manifesting because you're speaking it out of your mouth. Now, I've kind of messed my whole message up here. OK, and so I got I got five points, but I, I know I'm out of time because I wanted to really show you this today. Uh, I, I'm going to skip down all the way down to the first lesson I want to give you about if you really really want to walk in the spirit. I'm talking about, we're going to do something. We're going to do something wild. We're going to do something wild. Okay. Christy, would you put Psalms 23 up there for me? I mean, we're going to get out there folks this morning. Woo. Hallelujah. You're going to become all Pentecostal. Yes, You're going to get all wild and walk in the spirit. You're going to about to get out of the natural. And into the spiritual. <laughs> Throw that little bit of woo-hoo-hoo on there, okay? Here you go, folks. Listen to me. 
Psalms 23. You can take Psalms 23 and you can read it like this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. You can read it like that if you want to. And you know what? You didn't, you didn't get, you didn't really walk in the spirit. See, glory has come. <laughs> They've all sounded and said, yes. Bless them, Lord. Okay. So here's what we're going to do. Here's your very first lesson of walking in the spirit. All right, here you go. The, you, Psalms 23, verse 1. If you took this scripture and you just laid it out before you, and you said, and you started saying it like this, you started praying it like this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. God, I, Jesus, I thank you that you are my shepherd. Jesus, you shepherded me. And you said that since you're my shepherd, you're going to take me in places that I'm not going to have any want. Oh, wow, Lord, that's amazing that your desire for me is to not have want. You see what I'm doing here? When you, the moment you start this, like this, like I'm showing you, the moment you start that, you enter into the realm of the spirit. You say, well, I didn't feel anything. I don't care. I didn't get any goosebumps. I don't care. I'm not talking about your flesh. I'm not talking about your soul. I'm talking about the spirit of the living God on the inside of you, making a connection with heaven. So now all of a sudden, you're, this, this Psalms 23 has become a prayer to you. Lord, you're my shepherd, and so I'm not going to want. Okay, just go to the next one. Verse 2. <clears throat> Lord, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Lord, I think you could give me green pastures. Lord, green pastures. It's not on rocks and thorns and prickly pear. Lord, you want green pastures for me. And I, I think it's sheep do good on green pastures. See, I don't know if y'all have noticed this, but, you know, before... Uh, it rained. If you just notice the condition of the white-tailed deer around here, and you just notice the condition, their hair didn't look good. Their, you know, everything, and they were shedding off their winter coat. And, good, and now they're all just like, <laughs> they're just out there, <laughs> all big, fat, slicked off, looking good. Why? Because they've been on green pasture. That's what green pasture does for you. And so, Lord, I just thank you that you, you've given me green pastures and. And Lord, you lead me beside still waters, not rushing waters, not waters that's going to drown me. But you got me in still waters, Lord, that's fresh water. It's good water. Lord, what that living waters are flowing in me. You see, when the moment you start to do this, church, you stepped out of the natural into the spiritual. You became spiritual. Are you following me? You've started walking in the spirit. That's what walking in the spirit is. The living word alive on the inside of you. Yes, Lord. You lead me beside the still waters. Oh, here we go. You restore my soul. Lord, I thank you that you're, uh, you restore my soul. Lord, you want to restore my soul. The damage and stuff has been done. The crazy thinking, the bombardment the enemy has done. You want to restore my soul. Folks, listen to me. You've got to understand this. You have now entered into the realm of the spirit. You are now truly what a born-again person is supposed to be. You are, you are walking in the spirit. You are the spirit of the living God is starting to have communication with heaven. It's coming down upon you. You're, 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 you're now into the realm of the spirit. He said, well, I didn't. I didn't see a vision. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, you know, prophesy to, well, I'm not talking about that. I told you that's, that that's another category over here. I'm talking about living your life by the spirit. You can go through this whole Psalm 
and just keep praying like that. Another beautiful psalm, Psalms 27. Psalms 91. I mean, that's all, 34, 64. You can do it like a lotto. Just pull out a number, and it's a good one. Like a dart game. Throw a dart at a board, whatever number it hits, and you open up that psalm. It's going to be good because it's a living word. But see, what the devil wants to do is he wants to then take you and get, if he sees you're going to do this and walk in the spirit, well, then he wants to get you over in the section that is trying to be spiritual because you're trying to get God to do what you want him to do. Rather than finding out what the will of God is and then you doing that. Because we always want lightning to strike the person who did us wrong, not us to have to forgive so that God can heal them and restore them. No, we won't smoke and fire. But we got to be people that walk in the spirit. You got to be born again. You got to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. You've got to have the living word of God on the inside of you. You have got to walk in the fear of God. That's another point that I'll get into next week. Okay. And then the fifth one is, is you've got to understand the sanctification process of having Christ formed in you and how it's working and what it's doing. And you've got to be able to look at yourself. Have you grown? If you're at the same place in your spiritual walk as you were last year, well, then you're behind. I got some looks on that one, man. I mean, some eyes. <laughs> it's the truth. If you haven't grown, if you're not sharpening your prayer, got more scriptures added to your, your, your Raymond notebook, or if you've not... Uh, you know, had a great revelation or, or something. There ain't no growth. And you're just at the same place and you're coasting. So you know what happens when you coast? Okay. Coasting is like a baseball player, a pitcher, taking and throwing just a down the middle fastball. But he just doesn't throw it very fast. That baby's going to get knocked out of the park. And if you're coasting, you better watch it because the devil just might come up when you're not looking and knock you right out of the park. Amen. Oh, you can get out of the grandstands and you can trip your way back down there and you can start all over again, but it sure does hurt. So you better be growing. Listen to me. I'm just, listen to me. I'm going to push you. Okay. I mean, if you're growing spiritually, then that means you're growing. You should be growing financially. You should be giving more than you've ever given. You should be challenging yourself to do other things. You might be needing to God just to get you in shape so you can go with Bill on the next hot, sweaty trip he's going on. Hello. We got to grow. We can't sit around. And I'm telling you right now, I see a fight coming. It's going to be, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And I want us to all be sharp. And when it comes, the fight comes, I want us to just have our swords just pop out of our mouths like little, you know, like little fast ninja. And just slice them up like one of them. And this enemy just goes. Hello? And we've got to learn to walk in the spirit. So we'll pick this up next week. 
Since it's Father's Day, I don't want to preach long. Since I get to go eat. Amen? So stand to your feet. We're going to get this down. Everybody say we're going to get this down. Yeah. Fathers, God bless you. Remember, write the vision. Write it down. Don't just hold this pen in your pocket. Because I've also prayed. It's an anointed pen. I prayed over them. It's an anointed pen. Because if you don't do something, you're going to be driven crazy by guilt. Because every time you see it, you're going to say, oh, pastor said I was supposed to do that, and I didn't do that. It's going to get you. At night, the Holy Spirit's going to come, and he's going to work on you and work on you and work on you till you run crazy. And if you get crazy enough, you say, I can't take the pit anymore and get rid of it. Well, then you know you really need some help. You need to schedule a freedom prayer with <laughs> Dr. Brown and get free because something's really wrong. Amen? Okay. Take that neighbor's hand. I want to bless you. Father, I just declare right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that what I said today gets into the hearts of people because, Lord, I kind of got off and got a little crazy. But I ask you today, Lord, to bless them. Bless them on this Father's Day. Let this word sink down on the inside of us, Lord. Let people be challenged today that we've got to walk this, this walk of the Spirit and that we've got to understand it. We've got to grow and we've got to be strengthened, Lord God. I declare that the devil is defeated and God is on the throne of our lives. I declare, Lord God, that you're going to make us sharp like a mighty army, that we see that there is no way that, that the devil is going to win. I thank you, Lord God. We are people that rise up, but we are flag-waving, God-fearing, Bible-believing, tongue-talking, Holy Ghost people, Lord, that are going to walk by the Spirit, not by the flesh. And we're going to do it, Lord. We're going to learn. We're going to grow. Open up our minds. Help us understand this, Lord, so that we can just be all that we can be for you. Lord, bless them today. Bless the fathers today. Bless our fellowship today. And Lord, we just give you praise for it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. God bless you, church.